doing on your behalf. Look for my goodness in every situation, for I am your deliverer and help at all times. No longer allow your tears to keep you from seeing my hand in your life and the life of your loved ones. Grant it, Lord. Hallelujah. Take that to the bank, the bank of heaven. What's well, a good-looking group down here on the front row? You, you want to get stand up and take a bow and let them see how handsome you are? Look at these guys. Man, it's good when you got the good-looking ones in the front row. Praise the Lord. I was sitting in the front row, too. You know. Ted figured that out over there. <sighs> Praise the Lord. Hey, I want to take a moment to say, uh, to introduce you to Rick and Nancy Turner from Yukon Bible Fellowship in the Yukon Territory of Canada. My friends. It's hard to give me a microphone. <laughs> I just want to know, or let you, uh, man, I'm just still caught up with worship. It's hard to make a transition sometimes. So the only words on my, ma- on my mind is I'm amazed by you. He amazes us continually. Nancy and I have been on a trip for three weeks. We have two more to go. And it's been a, what we sense in the Lord is returning back to our roots. Roots of the Jesus People Movement. Roots to the places where we encountered God in powerful ways. Roots of returning back to the intimacy that we've known with the Lord, roots to returning back to the intimacy that we've known with each other. And we've been changing our vocabulary from I to we, and it's been a we journey. And it's been amazing what God is doing. So uh, uh, this place here has part in our roots, and it's just good to be in God with you today. Amen. Um, just to give you a report, last time we were here, I told you I felt like we were hit like with a Mack truck. Um, um, several years ago, our daughter was um, in medical situation, and it was really serious. <clears throat> she was in the hospital for a couple of years, in and out, in and out, and it was really wearing and tearing on her, her whole family. And, you know, you guys prayed for us, and I just want to thank you for that. Um, Nicole's doing really well. She's... she's um, almost considered a quadriplegic. She's she's paraplegic. She's in a wheelchair, and um, she's come so far from where the doctors ever thought she would return to, and she's not walking again yet, but her heart is, she is so in love with Jesus right now. That's That makes me the happiest. She says, you know what? It doesn't even matter to me anymore if God heals me. I just want more of God, <laughs> and so it's so neat to see her, and um, just last week, I, I felt to share this really quick testimony. Just last week, on Thursday night, Rick and I attended um, a Bible study, a home group cell of people that had mental disorders that were really walking in the Lord. And, and you know, they got up and gave their testimonies, the awesome things God had done to heal them of severe mental problems and personality problems. And then afterwards, they invited us to come forward for personal prayer. And all day long, I'd have this heavy, heavy heart for my daughter, Nicole, I just wanted to see her healed so bad that, I mean, I'd do anything to see her healed, right? 
So I've been just obsessed. And the Lord just told me that night, it was like that that pain got so bad. And those people prayed for me. And I experienced a deliverance from fear. That that pain in my heart was so heavy for my daughter that um, the root of it was fear. Fear that God would never heal her. Fear that God doesn't really care. He's not going to do anything. And also anger in my heart. I didn't realize I had anger. It was so heavy that I was angry with God because he hadn't healed her after 27 years. And um, But you know what? The Lord just came in his peace and his grace Thursday night and just took it all away. It just disappeared. And it's just so freeing. I just, you know, Jesus is real. <laughs> he is real. <laughs> And and Rick and I have just experienced a new fresh love for each other. We're just falling in love with each other again. It's so awesome. God is healing me in other ways, too, inside. And I just praise God. He can do it for anybody. Hallelujah. We have much to celebrate. We've been friends. You've reminded me for 26 years, has it been? And, uh, and some of you have heard the story along the way. I won't repeat it all this morning about how uh, God gave me Rick as a supernatural friend. And to uh, have him here, and Lynn, his brother's here with him. Lynn lives right here in Big Bear, and we're glad to have him in church with us this morning. And uh, it's just good days, good days. Pat McGinn, I'm going to put you on the spot just for a second. Would you just, the handsomeness of your standing just for a moment, you know, he doesn't know what's coming. I just want to, that's Pat. That was a quick glance of Pat McGinn. You know, we have um, postponed our Saturday night service for about eight weeks uh, until the first weekend of October. And so uh, Pat and Jen have opened their home for a cell group on Saturday afternoons at 4 o'clock uh, to sort of accommodate if we've cut anybody off at the knees not being able to be on Saturday night. Could you let them know, or if that's you, let you know that, uh, their their home is open, and uh, they're running a lighthouse out of that beautiful home of theirs. And uh, we appreciate that. Pat, thank you. All right? That's the only thing I want. I didn't want to embarrass you. By you. <laughs> Praise God. All right. Well, let me try to introduce Ted Rose, Jr. to you. And... Um, I probably shouldn't be in charge of this part because I already started crying once. But this is uh, just a wonderful morning for me to have friends in the house. And that you're all, we're all friends, but you know what I mean? You know, long, endearing relationships that God has established. And Ted is one of those. And we said we might cry, but, you know, maybe I should divert my attention to his beautiful mother, Angel, who's sitting right behind him. And she is a beautiful woman. And uh, we've shared some wonderful times here in the church together and, and uh, with Ted Sr., who's with the Lord. And that we uh, we have a great loss there, but heaven has a great gain in that Irish tenor and the one that's waltzing all over heaven waiting around for us to get there. You know, if the day with the Lord is like a thousand years and a thousand years is one day, then we're going to be there in about 15 minutes. So it's not going to be long. Amen. Ted Rose Jr. has been married to Dee for about 27 years, I think. Isn't that right? 28 years. I was close. They've got uh, three grown kids now. We remember when they were little. Uh, Teddy and Johnny and Tiffany. 
Well, they're 24, 25, 22, and 19. I got to get a year. I'm a year behind, I think. So, uh, Ted has been mobilizing intercessory prayer for nearly three decades. And he's the founder of Worldwide Prayer. You can go to that website, worldwideprayer.com, and see an awful lot of what's going on there on his website. He is the uh, National Day of Prayer Task Force uh, leader, the state coordinator for California for the National Day of Prayer Task Force. He, uh, he's the founder and director of the California Capitol Prayer Watch, and they have daily prayer at the Capitol. Now, this is encouraging, daily prayer at the state Capitol since 1992. You know, just about the time you think nothing's going on, you can call Ted and he say, i gotta, I got to hang up. We're going over to the Capitol building. We've got a private room inside the state Capitol where we're going to hold a prayer meeting. And they're praying inside there. They've, they're uh, penetrating and working with and ministering to the legislators there. All night prayer meetings inside the Capitol building. Uh, he's the originator of the Armor, Armor Bearer Prayer Network, uh, which is a prayer network that's dedicated to pastors and, and ministry leaders all over the place. I mean, all over the place. He uh, helps with the Sacramento Prayer Center, which is a 24-hour prayer center founded by Dick Eastman. Ted, I think when we first met, you were on staff with Dick Eastman and teaching the Change the World School of Prayer all over the country and came, still working with him. And, uh, yeah, you're ministering alongside with Dick as we were talking this morning uh, on a monthly basis. He's done an awful lot of things, but he would agree with me that the most miraculous part of his prayer ministry is his own family. And uh, we're glad for that, a beautiful family. And and uh, I think the the thing that brings tears to my eyes when I want to introduce him is that of all the things he's doing and all the busyness he is, and uh, we all have a different perspective. I'm sure Mom could give us a different perspective on Ted this morning. Should we give her a chance? No. Uh, don't give her the microphone, but. You know, so we all have a different view of Ted, but for me, when I look at him, I think of a guy that prays for me all the time. And that's not just words. You know, sometimes they all pray for you, I'll pray for you, and then you don't do it. How many of you have been there? Come on, go ahead and raise your hands, confess. You say, I'll pray for you, and then three weeks later, you go, you know, I never did do that. I never did. And I don't say I'm going to pray for people unless I'm going to do it. And oftentimes you need to do it when they're standing right in front of you. And just make sure you get it done right there. But when Ted calls and we start talking, you say, I was praying for you today. I know it was that day and probably the day before and the day before and the day before. And uh, he has a life of prayer that is an example and inspiration. And I appreciate him. He's a good friend. And uh, kind of like Rick, you know, and Nancy that, you know, we can't, I don't know when it was the last time I saw him, but it seems like it was yesterday. So I'm, I'm praying that you'll welcome Ted this morning. And I know we have a lot of you folks who are visiting with us, and I'm glad you're here. Um, we do this every week, by the way. Not with Ted, but we're here all the time. You feel free to come back and check us out on another day, too. Uh, welcome, Ted Rose, Jr. Good morning, everybody. Can you hear me well? All right, I need one more of those stands to put some of my supplies. If I can, we'll just do that right here to the side. That's okay. 
Got a couple things here. Set those right there. Hello, Arloa. Where are you? There she is. Hi. Good morning. Praise the Lord. I'll be together here in a minute, y'all. I lived in Florida for a year and a half. And I learned how to say, y'all. Okay. Well, I just love to have fun in the house of God. Can we, are we going to have fun today? Oh, okay. All right. I'm liking that response. That's, you're encouraging me. Uh, before I do, I'd like to introduce to you the third most beautiful woman in all of the world. And I say the third because my wife is number one. My daughter is number two. Okay? And that way my family loves me. Okay? But the third most beautiful woman in all the world is my mother. Stand up, Mama. I love you, Mom. Turn me up just, just a tad bit, boy. I told her last night, I, I sat down next to her and I said, I've got something to tell you. And I grabbed her by the hand and I said, would you look me, look me into my eyes. I said, I just want you to know that everything that I am is because of you. You taught me how to pray. You taught me how to live. You taught me about the Holy Spirit. How the Holy Spirit is precious. Taught me how He works, operates. And that was just an amazing thing. And if I wanted to spend time with Mom, I had to get down on my knees, get next to her because she would... She spent most of my growing up years laying over her bed, weeping for my son. Or not my son, but my brother Mike, who was constantly keeping her in a state of prayer. And sometimes the Lord will use your own family situation to move you into a, lef- a level of prayer that you've never known before. And uh, so if little Teddy, I, I used to be little at one time. Okay, Now I know you all were expecting someone tall, dark, and handsome. I, I'm only one of those three. I'll let you guess which one. <laughs> that wasn't a joke. I don't know what happened on that. One. I'll let you know when the jokes come. That was. That if I wanted to spend time with mom, I knew what I needed to do, and that was kneel down and and grab my hands like that and try to cry. <laughs> and I thought, man, I have some kind of brother. I mean, he must be doing something wrong because, oh, God, you help my son, Mike. And she would weep for hours for him every day. But anyway, it's just a real, real honor to have you, Mama, here. And uh, then we've got some guests. Can I introduce our guests here for you? That'd be okay. We'll start right over here. This is Brother Frank. Uh, Frank uh, from uh, uh, Riverside or Rialto, excuse me. And, and Brother Bob there. And our sister Carolyn over here. And this is my first time to meet you, Carolyn. God bless you and love you. I heard all wonderful things about you. So wonderful to have you here today. And, uh, okay, how many parents are here today? My goodness. Let's stretch your hands towards these people. No, how many have ever heard uh, this saying, uh, and you know it's normally in a vehicle, are we there yet? Lord, help us, right? Okay, well, I've turned this thing around a little bit. How do you like that? And I have a saying in church. 
And it's this. Are we having fun yet? Okay? So if you're having fun and I say, are we having fun yet? You all say, yes. So are we having fun yet? Yes. All right. Well, that's not... Someone got a little carried away over in this section. I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. So we're going to have fun. That's right. Hold on to your hat and put on your seatbelt because here we go. All right. Now that you're all real comfortable, I'm going to ask you to get uncomfortable for a second and stand your feet if you could. And we're going we're gonna to take some time here in the house of prayer and we're going to pray. Okay. And what we want to do, and I know it's a little tight, cramped, and it's good, that's a good thing, by the way. But we're going we're gonna to ask you to get out of the aisle for a minute and form prayer circles of four people each. Okay? And it's kind of cool if you do it with somebody you don't know or you haven't done this with, prayed with before. Okay? So that way it gets out of your circle a little bit and you get to meet somebody else or just kind of get to know someone you don't hang out with as much. So get out in the aisle and let's form prayer circles of four people. Can I get that water over there? The water? Thanks. I might, yeah. Cold if you got it. Okay. Have you found your prayer circles, everybody? Okay, here we go. Everybody, we're gonna, I'm going to give you four instructions. We're going to move rather quickly for the safe space of time, okay? So the first thing we're going to do... The first thing is always the first thing, and that's the Lord. So we're going we're gonna to just tell the Lord right now. We're going to give Him love. Can we do that? So don't be, don't be embarrassed. If maybe you've never done this before. Maybe you think, say, I can't pray out loud. I, you know, I don't know how to do that. Well, just, just, just relax. This is family, okay? And just start saying, I love you to the Lord. So would you do that? Just lift your voices together. Father, 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 Father. It's all about you. It's all about your love. Our love for you. Lord, we just wrap our arms around you right now. Lift your voices, folks. We lift our, we lift our, our hearts to you, Lord. And we just tell you, oh God, how greatly love we love you, Lord, with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And, and Dad, I just put my arms around you. I sit in your, in your arms and ask you to pick me up as a little sheep and just love on me. Let me love on you. Maybe you haven't told the Lord you loved Him in a long time. Will you just tell Him? I love you with all of my heart, mind, soul, and strength. Forgive us that we've, we've just thought of other things and this whole religious thing has turned into... It's all about... Doing religion instead of love relationship. And so right now, Lord, we just go back to the roots of it all. And that is, it's about love. Your love for us and our love for you. Hallelujah. Now, secondly, I want you to pray. You don't know what the person that you're holding hands with, you don't know what they're going through, maybe. They might be facing a real tough situation. They might need healing in their body. They might need a miracle in their finances. They... They might have a son that's not saved and just going, it looks like he's going 110 miles on his way to hell and needs a touch from the Lord. And You don't know what you're, you're the one standing with you in that circle, all of their needs are. So would you just lift your voice right now? Everyone lift your voices together and let's just pray. Pray for those that are in your circle right now.
Show love. First was love to the Lord, now love to one another. Oh, thank you, brother. Lord, we pray for the person next to us right now. Lord, you, you know what their needs are. We don't. Father, we pray that whatever they need right now, Lord, you will touch them. You will give them the miracle that they desperately need right now. Lord, there's some people in this room that are lonely. That are really lonely. We pray that you will make, make them feel, Lord, and, and be aware that they're never alone. And that you love them and that we love them. That everyone here is precious. You don't have to have any money. They don't have to have good clothes or a nice house. It don't matter what their education or what color they are, what language they speak, what side of the tracks they live on. They're special and we love them right now. Lord, those that have gone through the, the tough situations and the issues of life and have been, lift your voices, and have been bruised and battered by life. We pray for healing right now, Lord, to take place Descend, O oh Lord, by your Holy Ghost and heal the brokenhearted. Heal the lonely. Heal those, O oh God, that need a touch in their body today. Lord, go and touch our sister's daughter that is in a wheelchair. Lord, we pray. Go and Lord, we minister to her. Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus. Those that couldn't come today because they're sick or other members of this fellowship are connected in any way that aren't here because they, they just needed to work or whatever the situation is, we send your love to them right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Now thirdly, everybody, thirdly, now we're going to pray. Pray for your family, your family members, those that aren't saved. Pray for them. Pray that God will give you love for them and love, their, love in their hearts for you. Pray for the city of Big Bear right now. All 20,000 citizens of Big Bear Mountain. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray for my family. I pray for my brother Dewey. I pray for my sister Sharon. I pray for my sister Judy. My aunt. Shirley, oh Lord. Timmy, Terry, and Tammy just lost my uncle Joe. And they're in grieving. Lord, I pray for my family to be saved. I pray for Big Bear. I pray, oh Lord, that everyone here in Big Bear will be able to receive Christ. Lord, that not one of them would perish, that all would come to the knowledge of the truth. Help this ministry, Lord, to reach out to every man, woman, boy, and girl in Big Bear. Come on, everybody. Agree with me. Right now. That the Holy Spirit will be poured out upon Big Bear. Lord, go to every church right now that's gathering. Send a revival there. Lord, we're not selfish. We're not just about us. Bless them, Lord. Bless Calvary Chapel. Bless Pastor Eric Kerger. Bless them all, God. Every one of them. We love them. We want to see them prosper. We want to see them blessed. We want to see them grow in you. Let revival come to every other church. In the name of Jesus, pray over the ministerial fellowship that there would be just love and trust and a bond there. Have your way, Lord. Now finally, let's pray for America. 
and the nations, 227 nations of the world. Father, we lift up United States of America to you. Lord, we lift up our president, President Barack Obama, his wife Michelle and his two daughters. We lift up our governor, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and Maria and their four children. Lord, we lift up all the senators and assembly members, congressmen, representatives, senators in, in the, the uh, Washington, D.C. Lord, we lift up all 227 nations of the world, all three, 300 million plus in America. We lift up the 6.6 billion souls throughout the world. Lord, we pray, Lord, for an end-time harvest. We pray for an end-time awakening. Truly, the harvest is plenteous, but the labors are few. Lord, we pray that you deliver the harvest, that you will send forth laborers into your harvest field. Lord, I pray today, during the message, during this time of prayer, Lord, call someone in this room to the mission field. Father, Lord, call the missionaries in this building right now. The young men and, and the young lady, young ladies. Lord, give them a vision to go in missions. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's just give the Lord praise right now. Hallelujah. Lord, we love you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, before you go to your chairs, before you be seated, don't, don't start heading there yet, everybody. Alright, this is what we're going to do. Y'all still listening to me good? Alright, guys, I'm going to start with you, okay? This is what I want you to do. I want you to find... Okay, I'm going to be counting, okay? I want you to find five other guys. Before you get to your seat, this is what I want you to do. I want you to look at them before you hug them. I want you to just give them that look and just say, Man, you are totally awesome, you. And then, I want you to give them a... Well, I, I normally say it's a... It's a, a bear hug, but today it's a big bear hug, okay? And I mean give them a real big hug like they never, ever had one before, all right? All right? And, and, ladies, ladies, yeah, ladies, I got rid of everybody, everybody. Come on, guys. Everybody. They won't listen to me. All right. Bless you. God bless you, brother. You're totally awesome, you. <laughs> I love you, buddy. I get to cheat a little. All right. Don't get so carried away. Ah. Uh, Y'all know how to love people pretty good. All right. Now, I don't get to... 
I didn't get a chance to tell the ladies what to say to the other ladies. And that's kind of my favorite part. So, 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 at the risk of pandemonium, okay, you don't have to get up, but I'm going to ask the beautiful ladies of the house, hallelujah, the men were supposed to say amen, amen. okay, if you're going to say amen today at any time, this would be the moment, brothers, okay, okay, if you want to have lunch today, in peace, now's the moment to say amen, okay, so, Ladies, I want you to look, just turn your head and find two ladies and just look at them, gaze at them a moment and say, you are absolutely gorgeous, you. I said only two ladies now. <laughs> All right. Are we having fun yet? Okay. See, you know, I believe with all my heart that church or gathering with the family, let's better way to say it, is should be the funnest time of our lives. Other than actually just spending time alone with God in prayer. It should be fun and it shouldn't be this religious dull exercise. I don't know where that started. But I don't believe that's anywhere in the New Testament. And so I love to have fun. And we're going to have fun for the rest of the time. Trust me, when you smile and you're having fun and you laugh a little, you're going to need that after I tell you a few things here in a little bit. You see what I mean? Back in the old days, I just hit it hard, Pastor. Now I know we've got to soften them up a little bit first. <laughs> so... You know, just welcome, and God bless you, and uh, I just welcome you on behalf of the National Day of Prayer Task Force and Mr. and Mrs. Dobson, and what a blessing to be in a church that is home to me. Even though I haven't been here in a while, been outside of the house, uh, this, is, this is home to me. It really is, Pastor Jeff, and, and Pastor Jeff is a special guy, and Sister Peggy, and their kids, oh, wow, wow. I'm going to embarrass him a little bit by saying, when the Lord worked real hard in putting together this perfect pastor for to give you as his special gift to you, he did a good job. He really did. Did I say that exactly like you told me to? Okay. <laughs> did I mention special? Okay, good, good. <laughs> I tried to memorize it on the way up the hill, but I... <laughs> so anyway, uh, I, there's a couple little things I want to do administratively here. Uh, Sister Arloa, would you please come forward? Uh, for those of you, or you probably all know, you know her better than I do. Her sister Arloa is the National Day of Prayer Area Coordinator for Big Bear. Has been for a number of years. And uh, so today, we're going to give her a presentation, okay? So I'd like to read, the, read this uh, to you all first. It's a certificate of appreciation. You're not Jeff Tunnel, that's right. You know, my eyes are going, but not that bad, okay? 
certificate appreciation presented to our Loa Gundred Big Bear Area Coordinator on the 16th day of August in the year of our Lord 2009 for your exceptional efforts and support to the National Day of Prayer in calling our nation to prayer. Proverbs 33.22, this year's theme. May your unfailing love rest upon us, O Lord, even as we put our hope in you. Signed, Ted Rose. And uh, I'd like to show that to you all. And, uh, love you. <laughs> you're, you're doing a good job, and we, we love you and appreciate you, okay? And, uh, and I have one more here. Pastor, come. Certificate of Appreciation presented to Pastor Jeff Tunnell of Big Bear Christian Center, again, for your exceptional efforts and support to the National Day of Prayer in calling our nation to prayer. May your unfailing love rest upon us, O Lord, even as we put our hope in you. This is for you, brother. And Thank you very much. Well, Jim, show them what it looks like. I will do that. I will do that. This is actually safe just for, for chasing around behind our lower. <laughs> Hallelujah. And, and now I would like to thank you as a church for your support to the kingdom of God. And the support to the National Day of Prayer that you've given over many, many, many years. And not only that, I just on a person from a personal note, support to Dee and I and our family. This church, when we've gone through some tough times over the many years of ministry, uh, this church has supported us and helped us out, sometimes bailed us out. And Pastor has been there for us through thick and through thin. He will never turn on you. You know, the Lord says to put your trust in the Lord. Okay, And ultimately, that's who we look to. But sometimes the Lord inhabits someone that it becomes faithful. And you know what? You find that they're trustworthy too. You know, the disciples went from guys who fell asleep while Jesus was crying and weeping and, and dropping sweats of blood, tears of blood. And they fell asleep during his moment of greatest need. They were weak. They were called disciples. But those same disciples who fell asleep and wouldn't pray when he needed them the most became apostles. Disciple is a trainee. An apostle is a mature man or woman of God. And they don't fall asleep, folks. And they don't turn on you. And the same one that denied Christ three times eventually became a great man of prayer. And then would not even allow himself to be hung upright. He wasn't worthy to hang up the same direction that his Savior was. So that's where we moved. And, and God will every now and then bless you with someone that is not a disciple, but is an apostle in the faith. They're mature, and you can count on them. That's who my friend is over here. Your pastor. Father, Lord, I, I stand here at the tip of the arrow of over 500 people that are praying for me right now. Lord, there's more people praying for me in this service than there are in the building. I feel a responsibility, Lord, to you. Because you said, do you love me? Do you love me, Ted? Then, then if you do, then go feed my people, because I love them. 
It's all about the flock that are in this building right now. It's not about Pastor Jeff. It's not about Pastor Ted. It's not about the leaders. It's about the flock. That's who you care about and who need to be fed by you. So I ask the Lord, please again, touch my lips and put your words in my mouth. Your word is powerful. Your Holy Spirit is life-changing and life-altering. It's awesome. Lord, I pray that I will not get in the way of either. In Jesus' name, speak to your people. May they hear your voice, not mine. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Brother, why don't you go ahead and roll on the, the theme video. We're going to show just a couple of little clips. Can we do that, everybody? Are we having fun yet? Okay. So, good morning to those that just woke up. <laughs> you know, I, I want to give her just a real brief report. You know, we all hear what's going on wrong in California. Huh? You all read the news and all that. But I got good news for you. This year, we had the greatest amount of prayer uh, offered up on the National Day of Prayer of any state in any year in the 200 and some years as a nation in California. Last year, we set a, the, I'm going to say, the Lord set a record last year in California. Never before we'd ever seen anything like it. This year, you ready? And last year was, it was election year, it was Prop 8 year. That's normally your strong year, is during the election time cycle. Right? You all know that. This year, after last year's record year, the increase was 46% higher. Over 5,000 prayer meetings, officially and unofficially, occurred in the state of California on one day. And there is a movement of prayer, dear brothers and sisters, like Pastor shared, almost three decades that we've been doing this now, calling the body of Christ to prayer. But there is a spirit of prayer that's being poured out. There's a visitation to the house of God to become a house of prayer. There is an outpouring of the spirit of intercession. There is a prayer movement that's rising to those that are just sold out for the Lord. There's two groups of people. There's people that are into the presence of God, and then there's the church people that are just going through some kind of a religious thing of church. 
Do you understand? And, but then there's churches that are the house of prayer. And they're all about the presence of God. They're all about the anointing of God. They're about the power of God. And there's two groups, and they're getting very, very separated and defined. So you can clearly see who is who. But there is a movement of prayer that's unprecedented anywhere in America in all 200 and some years of our country. I'm here to report that good news to you right now. There's a church, an American church, right now in Fresno, that on Monday nights for prayer, they call it Monday Night Live. Okay? And you won't see the Chicago Bears play the Pittsburgh Steelers on that, at that event. It's called Monday Night Live. And they've got up to a thousand people showing up for Monday night prayer to pray for revival for our country. I mean, can you believe? I've been there. I've seen it. I've witnessed it. Worked with the prayer leaders there. There's a movement going on. You, you would just, it, it, I just wish I could tell you all what's happening. But be encouraged about that. Would you do that? And secondly, there's another video that I want you to run. Go ahead and run the, the other video for us, and uh, then we'll get started here. Are you encouraged?
How's that? Sorry about that. I was having feedback over there. Well, that just almost brings tears to my eyes, honestly. Um, it's very inspiring to me. Um, I just believe that God wants to do some great things. He birthed America for of a great purpose and a great plan, and we've yet to fulfill that. And that plan is to glorify Him and to fulfill the Great Commission, to be part of fulfilling the Great Commission. And we're, we're a long ways behind. And it's going to take a revival, and it's going to take a spiritual outpouring of His presence in an unprecedented way for us to be able to get there. But we're getting there. And we're on our way. And as the first video said, it's one prayer at a time. One day at a time. And may I share with you that it seems like for many years I, I felt as if I was going and speaking to... I speak to large groups of people, but it seems like the people that would respond are just what's called the remnant. Which is just a, a portion out of the group. You know, uh, some time ago the Lord spoke to me and says, I'm, You're no longer going to the remnant. You're going to everybody. I want everybody to pray. Tell them I said that. So whether you feel that you're a great prayer warrior and you pray hours a day or whether you feel like maybe most of your life you've let your wife do the praying or vice versa. i got news for you. I'm here to recruit you. Because God thinks you're cool. And He wants to spend time with you. And He wants to hear from you. And you're awesome. And you don't have to have it all together. Did you all hear that? You don't have to have it all together spiritually. You don't have to be no spiritual giant for the Lord to say, Okay, you're worthy now. Go ahead and come on into the throne room. No, the throne is the throne of grace. We only go into the room, all we all go together through the blood of Jesus Christ. Without the blood, we're all embarrassed, folks. Some are a little bit more embarrassed than others. But we all have to go through the blood of Christ or we can't come in. And so, I just want you all to know, you're all... Qualified because of the blood of the Lamb. So I'm going to ask the person in this room that maybe has never prayed before. There's a scripture that says, My people, Jeremiah 2.32, My people have forgotten me days without number. Maybe you've gone days without praying. But the Lord says today's a new day. And you know, when was the last time you had someone that is a we call a specialist in the area of prayer here to minister on the subject of prayer. Yeah. Bless you, Shan. Oh, my goodness. I love you, Shan. You should be on the front row. Uh, you know, I, I, please forgive me for not mentioning her. This, this woman of God is so special to me in so many different ways. There's no way I can describe that, okay? But just I honor you. I double honor you, Sister Shan, okay? I really do. But God has called every one of us to pray. Okay? Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to share today on the house of prayer returning back to prayer. Okay? What does that mean? Well, let me give you a scripture. Matthew 21, 13. Y'all can write this down. I, I'm, I'm a teacher, preacher, but I like to teach and with notes, Okay? Matthew 21.13 says, is, It is written, My house shall be called Big Bear Christian Center. It's okay to call it a name, you know, so we can identify, right? But the true name of this house. Now, what does that mean by this house? 
Okay? Because we're, we're cell church here, right? So what does this house mean? It means you individually, your house of prayer. It means every time you gather together in any corporate setting, if that's more than one, your house of prayer together corporately. Whether that is in a coffee shop, in your house, in an office building, or down by the lake. You're a walking, talking, breathing, praying house of prayer. That's who you're called. You are God's or the Father's house. And the Lord says, My Father's house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. I'd like to give you a statement. It's, it's done. Um, it, we, we normally share it in the Change the World School of Prayer with Dick Eastman. Dick is the one that coined this phrase, and I'd like to share it with you. It is very powerful. The early church was born out of a corporate call to prayer by no less than Jesus Christ Himself. And it was sustained in its formative years by obedience to that call. You have to understand, before Jesus called His church to go to Jerusalem, He says, I'm going to go up to, with the Father and I'm going to live and intercede forever at the right hand of the Father. I'm going to pray for you. In other words, I've chosen one activity to do until I come back. One. What is that activity, folks? Intercession. It says He ever liveth to make intercession for you. I've got over 500 intercessors that are praying for you and for this service right now. But our ultimate prayer partner is Jesus Christ. He's praying for this service right now. He's got something invested. There's something that He wants to do today. I, I, how many of you know I'm not here to get an, another meeting? Another speaking engagement? A booking? <laughs> yeah, I hate all those terms. Because I'm not into that. I'm into... An encounter with the Holy Ghost. I want an encounter with God that's going to change my life. I pray that Ted Rose, when I get back in that vehicle to head down the hill, I leave a changed man today. That's possible. And I pray that every one of you will do I'm not into another meeting. We have enough meetings, enough sermons, enough services. What we need is encounters with the Holy Spirit. And that's why I'm here today. There's an agenda. It's not my agenda. It's not pastors. God's got an agenda. He wants to do something. Let me tell you what it is. He wants every single person under the sound of my voice. Whether you can walk or breathe or talk. Whether you have mental issues, physical issues, problems. Maybe you are paralyzed. You can't even move. As Joy Dawson says, you can still do the two greatest things in all the world there is to do for a Christian. And that is to worship the Lord and pray for the lost. You can still do the two greatest things there is to do. She said that 20-some years ago in Washington, D.C., right at the Capitol. I was on the front row and I heard her. She didn't know that would be prophetic. Today, Joy Dawson cannot move. She cannot travel. She cannot preach. She cannot teach. She cannot write. She can't do anything but two things. Worship the Lord and pray for the lost. But she's having more of an impact doing that than any other thing. So I'm here to today. Smile at me. Look excited. I'm here to recruit you. Recruit you into the army of God. To be a person that no longer forgets God every day. 
and to spend a life of prayer. Let's talk about prayer real quickly. What does prayer mean? Number one, the first and ultimate goal of all prayer is to know Him. It's intimacy. Forget praying for others right now. The ultimate goal of prayer is not to pray for people. The ultimate goal is to know Him. In intimacy. I'm telling you, yada intimacy. Gnazko. Intimacy. Where you really know Him. Prolonged times of just you and Him. And then comes the outflow of intercession for others. Because you're so in love with Him and He's so in love with you. And you come together in that time together. And now He says, now pray for those that need my same love. Amen, everybody. So I pray when I leave here, here's, here's, here's what I hope is going to happen. I hope, this is, I hope this is the script the Lord has wrote for today. You all call a pastor through the week and say, I, can't, I don't know what's happened. I can't stop praying. What am I going to do? <clears throat> we need more prayer meetings. We need to pray more in the cell groups. We need to have more prayer meetings, Pastor. We need to open that church 24 hours a day. And, and, and at one point, this place is going to be open 24 hours a day. The fire of the altar will never go out. There are going to be anointing in this place that's going to go. And not only the people of this church are going to come here, people from other churches all over the mountain are going to come here to the 24-hour prayer room that's going to take place, that's going to birth a move of God that Big Bear has never seen ever before. Your kids are coming to Christ. Your wife is coming to Christ. Your husband is coming to Christ. Your, your sons, your, your daughters, they're going to come to the Lord. They're going to start turning to Him. And you don't know why. You, just, you started praying for Him like you never have. And all of a sudden, they're turning to, to the Lord. Do you believe that's possible? I mean, is there anybody here? You know, there's a, a saying, prayer changes things. I'm here to tell you after a life of prayer, it's It's true. God will change your situation. You know, I want to speak to you as a church for a minute. You ever hit thresholds? You get to that place, you're, you're growing as a church. You get to that place and you just can't break over that, what's called a barrier. A threshold. Your church is a home cell or cell group, cell based church. That was started by Dr. Cho. And, and, and all Dr. Cho in Korea, do you know that? His mother-in-law, Mama Choi, was a real good friend of mine and a mentor to me. My mother knows knew Mama Choi before she passed. And it's a great, it was all built on prayer, everybody, because they knew that prayer would remove all the obstacles every time there was a wall that the Satan would place and say, you're not going to grow anymore. They would fast and pray and the wall would come down. And they would go out. And now they're up to 850,000 people in that church, everybody. They have 23,000 deacons. Did you hear that? 23,000 deacons. Imagine that deacons meeting. It's all built on intimacy and intercession. Intimacy and intercession. Whatever your barriers are here, I'm here to declare to you as a man of prayer. I'm here to tell you in your personal life, your family life, your business life, and your church life. Whatever barriers that you face that are standing as walls in front of you saying you're never going to get past that, 
I'm telling you right now, if you will trust the Lord and you will begin to pray like you've never prayed before, you will watch the mountains melt like wax before the fire of the anointing of God that will come through this house of prayer. I'm telling you. And you will blow the walls down. And then you'll try to set up more walls. You'll never fall down. You just keep going around Jericho's walls and they crumble every time. It's going to happen, folks. My house shall be called the house of prayer for all nations. What would, what would Jesus do if he visited Big Bear? Let's say he came, he came up to the hills this, this morning or last night. He, he, I'll tell you what he'd do. He'd do what he did. When was the last time Jesus visited a city? What did he do there? Let's look at that. Maybe we can find a pattern. He visited Jerusalem. He went into the church. Long story short, you find this in all Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Farming of the Gospels. The whole story is weaved, a little portion, in all four books. And she tells the story of a visitation to the city by Jesus. And you'll find that he came in and he went and did a church inspection. He does church inspections. I'm serious, he does. If you don't believe that, read Revelation chapter 3. He walks among the candlestick. I got good news for you. You know what? You had the door open here earlier. And you've got a door open policy in the natural, but you also have one in the spirit. How would you all like to go minister at a church? You all believe in visions? Well, some people don't believe in visions, right? So for them, we say they're called severe mental impressions. <laughs> Very severe. But how would you like to, to go to a ministry filled with wonderful people and you pull up in the parking lot of the church and you start walking and you look up and you see your Lord standing on the outside. And you see him going like this, knocking. And then the pastor opens the door for you and lets me in. And I get to go in the pastor's office. All while having still the vision of what I saw standing out front. My Lord wasn't invited in. See, the Lord wants to come in and sup with Big Bear Christian Center. And you with, you, you with him. And, and some churches won't let him. So he stands at the door. It says right there, Revelation chapter 3. Behold, I stand at the door of what? Someone's heart? No. I stand at the... That's talking to the Christian church. Amen. He said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will hear my voice and open the door, I will come in with him. I will sup with him and he with me. I want to sup with you. I don't want you to have a religious experience. I don't want you to join a club. But I want you. I want to give you my love. And I want you to experience it. And I want your love back. Then I want to walk with you and talk with you and tell you that you're my own. Dear precious ones, I'm, I'm struggling a little today because I remember the last time I was here, right standing right here was my dad singing. I will walk with you and talk with you and tell you you are my own. And he grabbed Pastor Jeff's arm. I don't know if anybody remembers that. But he grabs Pastor Jeff. And he forced Jeff into walking back and forth. Arm in arm. And it was supposed to typify Jesus walking arm in arm with you. 
And that's a very tender moment, a very special moment. Thank you for even mentioning my father today. That's what a life of prayer is. We need to return to prayer, everybody. Here's what's happened. Now, I'm hitting you with some heavy stuff, right? So let's, let's take a little bit of a lighter moment. Can we do that? Now, smile at me. Does anybody love me in this room besides my mother? I got my mom's on my side here. Okay, here it is. Sometimes, you know, sometimes you feel like when I'm sharing some of these things, it's like I'm hitting you over the head. Yep, you know? But how many know sometimes a good hit over the head ain't such a bad idea? That reminds me of a story. A story of this man, this husband, that was sitting at the breakfast table eating breakfast. His wife was standing behind him. She grabs a big old pot pan and just hauls off and hits him on the head. Wallops him. He goes flying. On the floor, almost knocked out, but not quite. He turns and says, Honey, what was that for? She says, I cleaned out your jacket pocket yesterday and I found a little note with the name of Linda on it. And he says, Honey, He's a fast thinker. Okay? You don't catch this guy off guard. He says, Honey, you know I go down to the track. And that was a horse named Linda that I bet on. She felt a little bad. Okay? Next morning, he's eating breakfast. Same spot. Thinks he's safe. He's just enjoying his croissant, right? When I'm in the Hispanic church, I say, his chorizo. I can move this thing around a little bit, okay? A little bit of evangelism here, okay? All right. So he's enjoying his breakfast when she takes a bigger pan and hits, and hits him on the back of the head as hard as she can. He goes flying. He almost dies. He wakes up. Honey, why did you do that? She says, yesterday your horse called. <laughs> I'm sharing some things that are that are honest, that are true, but they're very direct. And I don't want to offend anybody in the way that I do it. I'm passionate about it. You know, uh, when Jesus took the whip and he went to the temple, I finished that story of Jesus, by the way. He went and did a church inspection one night, one day. I mean, he, he didn't do anything about what he saw. He didn't like what he saw. He went home. He went to his friend's house, actually. Why was that his friend's house? He made the whip. Did you know that? Read it. For Harmony of the Gospels. He personally, he didn't buy one. He didn't borrow one. He didn't rent one. He made it. Meek, mild, loving Jesus. Right? Is about to get violent for the first time that we know of in his life. He made the whip. He showed up the next day. Drove out everybody that had turned Big Bear Christian Center into anything other than a house of prayer for what it was supposed to be. He drove them out. As soon as he drove them out, guess what he did? He started praying for people. He started healing people, delivering people. Read it. They started getting healed and saved and delivered. 
You see, Larry Lee, many, many years, how many remember Larry Lee? Many, many years ago, Larry Lee said, when our church, house of God, becomes a house of prayer again, it becomes a house of power. No prayer, you didn't say this part, but I'm telling you right now, with no prayer, no power. I don't care how many members you got, how many buildings you have, how many services you have. If you do not have the presence of God, you do not have anything that's pleasing to the Lord. I don't care how, what your psychology is, or your program, or your system, I'm telling you, it's not going to work. And I know of some of the largest churches in America, folks. On the outside, you see this success. But I'm telling you something that I know. Because I go to them. And they're being ravaged. The ones that aren't built on prayer are being ravaged. Because the Lord says, when I build the church, He says, when I build it, the gates of hell do cannot prevail against the church that I build. But the church that a man builds without the Lord, based on the house of prayer, doesn't have that promise. They quote that promise, they teach that promise, but they don't live in the reality of the, that promise. Do you understand? If you look at the Greek in that particular passage, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. He says, my church will be so powerful that and if it will be offensive in nature, it will be aggressively going after the lost, destroying the kingdoms of darkness, and the gates of hell will flee in fear and be pushed back from the church. A lot of people say, well... The gates of hell should not prevail against us, so let's just hold on and we'll make it. No, 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 no. That's not it. That's not what Jesus was saying. He's saying you're going to be powerful. You're going to be anointed. You're going to be have the power of God. People are going to come to the, your church, not because of your clever programs, everybody, or your clever speeches or teachings or whatever, or dynamic personality of Pastor Jeff. As nice of a guy as he is, as, as talented and as gifted and good looking and... What else did I supposed to mention? Anyway, <laughs> that's not what it's supposed to be built on. Two weeks ago, I met with Pastor Tong Lu. I don't know if you know who Tong Lu is. Tong Lu is the pastor of America's largest Chinese church. Over 10,000 members. This one church, listen to this. This one Chinese church in Bay Area is doing more for missions, Pastor, than any church in the history of America. They're Chinese. They're in 17 countries. They're winning entire nations by themselves. I mean, all by themselves, guys. I said to him, Pastor Tong, I, I know quite a bit about your history and stuff, and I did a little interview with him in his office a couple weeks ago. Going to be going there shortly to be teaching and training his intercessors on how to pray for him uh, in an advanced way. But I said to him, I said, you know, I go to churches. I go to at least one church a weekend, sometimes three in a weekend. Uh, I, please tell me what the secret of your success is that I can take to the church and tell him what you're doing. He said, it's all based on the presence of God. We made a decision. We looked at the Bible. We looked at the church of Acts. We see that it was all based on, the, as the outpouring of God came, it grew the church. People were drawn. So we just focus on intimacy with Him, intercession for others, and worship. And the presence of God 
and they will come. They will come. You know, remember, remember uh, Kevin Costner in that movie? Build it, and they will come. I got news for you. Pray, focus on the Lord, intimacy, intercession, worship, showing love, and they will come. Is this a, is this a, a theory? Is this just a good idea? A formula? A theory? Let me tell you. Can I share a little illustration? I'm going to tell you about a Baptist church. I love to share with charismatics about Baptists. You know that? Seriously, because I grew up making fun of Baptists and we did that professionally. We're good at it. Come on, lighten up a little bit. We're good at it. But I got better news for you. This will shock you. They're better at it than we are. <laughs> did you know that? Oh, come on, everybody. I'm going to have to share my Baptist jokes with you here if you're not careful, okay? But this Baptist church in Jefferson City, Oregon. True story. Pastor's name is Pastor D. Duke. First name is D. He's a man. It's a weird name. Pastor D. Duke. Do you ever heard of him? Pastor D. Duke, many, many years ago, started pastoring. His dad taught him, you can do anything you want to do. You can do anything if you set your mind to it. You can do anything. We've heard that before, right? That's a man's, one of the men's models. If you do, if you give it everything you got, you can do anything. Everyone says amen. No. That was his philosophy. So he worked hard at it. Nothing wrong with working hard in the ministry. He built it up to 200 members after seven years. 200 members. But then couldn't get past 200. And then all of a sudden something happened. All of a sudden everything he preached nobody liked. Then people would leave. And new people would come. People would leave. People would come. And they stayed around the heaven around 200 for several more years. Five more years. Nothing but criticism all the time. People complaining all the time. Turnover. It's just got to be rough. Finally he said, I, I can't do this anymore. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quit. And I'm going to go find me something else to do for the rest of my life. So he's invited to Multnomah School of the Bible. Invited to go to a pastor's prayer summit. And he found out that there's not going to be any speakers there. All we're going to do is pray. He thought, wow, how boring. But I don't have to go to those prayer meetings. I can just walk along the beach and, and work on my resignation and plan the rest of my life. Okay? So isn't that great to send a pastor in that kind of a focus? And so, so he gets up there. And he doesn't go to the prayer meetings. Finally, he, he decides, well, I'll go to one. He goes to one prayer meeting. He's there to make his reser uh, 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 resignation letter. And to move on in life. He goes to one prayer meeting. He starts hearing all the pastors repent for their prayerlessness. He realizes for the first time in his life that he's be, he has been one of them. A prayerless pastor. His church is not a house of prayer. And he made a decision. I'm going to do something about it. He gave himself to the Lord to begin the life of prayer. He came home. First thing he did is he called an emergency meeting of the church. They thought he was going to resign. He says, he got up in front of them and repented and said, I've been a prayerless pastor. I've got to be honest with you. But it's never going to happen again. Starting tomorrow, this church will be open every day for prayer and I'll be here. I want you to come and join me. And that started something. 
people begin to join him in prayer. This is a church of around 200. They begin to experience the joy and the power and the awesomeness of prayer together. At that point, uh, they, they got a vision to, a vision to uh, plan around Easter. And so what they did is they asked everybody in the church to write down ten names of somebody in that small community. You have to understand, they live in a community of around 1,400 people. You have 20,000, right? Around that? Somewhere, 21, someone says? They are in a, a city of 1,400 with 200 people. They got a lot, a lot of the people. So they, everybody wrote down 10 names. They begin to pray every day and give, distribute these lists of these people's names. There's a few hundred of them. They prayed for months leading up to Easter. Easter, they then sent out invitations to all these people they had been praying for. On Easter Sunday, 500 people showed up. A hundred and some people came to Christ that Easter morning. That were the names of the people they were praying for. To make a long story short, you ready for this? You're not ready for this. They now have a church of 2,300 people. In a city of 1,400. They have 22, 2,300 people. They have 26 prayer meetings per week, folks. And they are reaching, reaching every continent in the world in their missions. You know, I just want to tell you something. The Lord brought me here today to tell you that there's something bigger that can happen. But, you know, if you're, if you're satisfied, then you're not part of what, what God wants to do with this. You see, are we into numbers? Let's talk about that for a minute. Let's just think about it. Let's, come on. Let's be philosophical a moment. Let's think about it. Are we into numbers? Yeah, I am. Do you want a lot of people to go to heaven or you just want a few? Hello? So you're into numbers. Now, are we into numbers for numbers' sake? No. Are we into numbers with the anointing? You better believe it. Are you with me, everybody? You see where I'm going here? God's into numbers. He wants them all. He said, I would that all men be saved to come to the knowledge of the truth. He don't want anybody to go burn in hell forever. Big Bear's got 20,000 people. Where are they going to end up? Because that's all that really matters in life. Where are they going to end up? That's up to you. That's up to you. The Bible says, you have not because you ask not. So I have, a, I have a prophetic question to ask this church. Can I do this? I do this in love. I have a prophetic question to ask you. When you get together, get to heaven, Big Bear, Christian Center, will it be said of you that you have not because you ask not while you're on earth? Or will it be said of you, you had because you asked. And you wouldn't stop asking. So I finally had to give it to you. Come on, everybody. There's 227 nations in the world. I pray for them by name every day. There's 400, I believe it's 470 towns and cities in California. I pray for them by name every day. 
there's 300 plus pastors that I pray for by name every day. Why pray a long time? Is praying a long time the answer? No. I pray a long time not to impress the Lord, not to impress me, and not to impress you. I pray a long time because there's so much to pray for. So it's just an outflow. Do you all follow me? But I want one day, and I don't know whether it's soon or it's later. Sometimes long, you're going to think this is kind of weird, but longevity is overrated. Jesus accomplished his entire ministry in three and a half years. There was a young lady, and I know her aunt and her uncle, that in Columbine, with just one phrase, you bet I do, to the man who was about to blow her head off, said, do you still acknowledge Christ? And she says, you bet I do. And he blew her head off. And he did a whole bunch of other things that they don't, you all don't know about. Because they wouldn't put it in the press. But that young lady did more in one sentence than most will do in a lifetime of ministry. What are you pacing yourselves for? What are you pacing yourself for? I don't see that in Scripture. Let's not talk about yesterday. Not, let's not talk about what we did for the Lord yesterday. The prayers we prayed yesterday. Th- those are gone now. They're in the bowls of heaven. Yeah. What are we doing today? Amen. What about what we did for the Lord yesterday? The prayers we prayed yesterday. Th- those are gone now. They're in the bowls of heaven. Yeah. What are we doing today? Amen. What is your vision? Do you have a vision? <laughs> Whatever you did yesterday is gone, folks. Prophetic word. Can I do it? Prophetic word to you. This is the Church of America's finest hour. This is what we were made for. This moment of time. Did you hear me? You're not here by accident, everybody. I'm here to tell you, listen, hear the Spirit of the Lord right now. You're not here by accident, every one of you. You are made perfectly just like you are. Every one of you. No mistakes. No mistake in time. He could have put you in Africa. Indonesia. He could have put you anywhere. He decided to put you in Big Bear. He decided to have you here this morning. To hear this. This is your destiny. I'm here to encourage you to fulfill your destiny. This is our finest hour. How many have ever gone through the the tough things of life? Come on, everybody. How many have ever taken some hits? How many felt like you started off on olive and you ended up as oil? (laughs) Crushed till there's nothing left but the anointing. It was all done for this. It was all, everything you've ever gone through, Pastor Jeff. Every book you've read, every sermon you've heard, every prayer you've prayed, every relationship you've had, everything has happened for a reason to get you shaped and ready for this hour of time in our nation, in our history. Right now is our finest hour. Those words, this is our finest hour, issued by the president before war. 
As war was about to begin, he said, this is our finest hour. How do we know? What is he saying? It's a prophetic unction. You think Prop 8 was bad? You have, we haven't seen anything yet. Someone stole prayer from the church. Someone, did you know that? Someone stole prayer. What do I mean by that? How many, how many uh, board members or elders are here? Raise your hand. Okay. What if y'all had a board meeting this afternoon, decided from now on when you gather together as a group, there's not going to be any more worship after today, the last day of worship. Do you have any, do you have any votes back? No, please don't raise your hand. Any votes back there? <laughs> worship is that. It'll give us more time. We could preach longer. We can have the announcements more in detail. Think of the fellowship. Okay, we can get the sizzler before the other churches. <laughs> Hallelujah. God's moving down a sizzler. Don't make fun of that, okay? okay. <laughs> You'll see that in action later. I'm going to take a prayer journey to sizzler later, I think. <laughs> A friend of mine has a jacuzzi. It's called a prayer koozie now. We're, we're good at this, okay? Where in the world was I? Okay, all right. So we're voting. No more worship starting today. How many would enjoy that? Well, you probably stay coming, right, every Sunday or whenever you gather? No worship? No, we ain't coming, are we? We might put up with one Sunday and go, what in the world was that? Where'd it go? But we ain't still coming, are we? Our Lord, we're not still coming. We're dedicated. We're committed. But we're not still coming. Because that's not biblical, is it? Not to have worship. Come on, what is that? So, so worship's off the table. Can we do that? That's a business term. Okay? Worship's off the table. What do you bring to the table, right? Secondly, okay, let's, what, else, what else is there? Preaching. Okay? Let's stop preaching and teaching. That will really give us more time. With Pastor Jeff, that's what, an hour and a half? No, I'm kidding. All right. Y'all can stand a little joke here. Anybody? Anybody? Okay. Now, don't shoot the messenger. Okay? There was a church. They got rid of the pastor. He preached too long. He couldn't take it no more. They were not first in line at Sizzler. So they got rid of the pastor. They were doing a search. They got a new pastor showed up. He came in, tried out. He preached for 15 minutes. It was great. And he closed and they left. They thought, this is our guy. Right? So they brought him on and he became the new pastor. First Sunday he comes. He preaches 15 minutes, closes the service. Everybody thinks, wow, we did a good job. Second Sunday, 15 minutes, closes it. This is, this is heaven. Third Sunday, he goes an hour and a half. So the board members, they have, okay, you're with me, okay? They have a, an emergency board meeting right that afternoon, right after Sizzler. I get a, I get a portion of the proceeds for Sizzler today. No, I'm kidding. And so, so they have an emergency board meeting. They go, Pastor, what happened? He says, what do you mean? He says, well, first Sunday you were here, 15 minutes. It was great. Second Sunday, 15 minutes. He says, 
And it was great, but today was an hour and a half. What happened? He says, I don't know. He says, I started to wonder myself. And then I realized I picked up my wife's dentures and I couldn't stop talking. Oh, Lord, help me now. <laughs> Ladies, I love you, okay? <laughs> I've got one for the guys, okay? No, I'm kidding. Don't shoot the messenger, okay? I don't write the jokes. I just share them. So let's take preaching out. We'll have more time. How many are not coming to this place if you don't have teaching in the Word of God? Come on. I mean, one Sunday you go, what was that about? How many have ever been in a service where the Spirit of God moves so strong and the Lord decided to take it in a different direction? And we, we couldn't that day. But we made sure we did the next. And we had some in the week, in the middle of the week. And Do you follow me? But you can't take out that. So that's off the table. you got to have the announcements. Right? got to take an offering or whatever. However you do it. But guess what? What if we took prayer out? Out of the corporate gathering? Even though the church was born out of a corporate prayer meeting. Every time they got in trouble and something needed to happen, they got all gathered to pray and miracles took place. But what if we, what if we took prayer out of the Sunday service? Did you know the prayingest denomination in America? And I won't tell you who they are, but they're a name-line denomination. They pray more than any other denomination in all of the United States. And did you know that this prayingest denomination averages a year, excuse me, what did I say year? Um, a minute, excuse me, please forgive me, a minute and a half of prayer on a two-hour Sunday service. And that includes the opening prayer, prayer over the offering, and the closing prayer. That's all they've got. They're the prayingest denomination in America, and they only carve in a minute and a half of the service. That's why I made sure we had prayer circles. Because today we blew that statistic out of the water. Are you with me, everybody? That's why we did that. Because we're going to please the Father. I love you, and I've got a time limit. But I'm going to please the Father. So someone stole prayer, everybody. But you know what the difference is? You take worship out, people won't come back. You take preaching out, people won't come back. But someone stole prayer and nobody got mad about it. Nobody got upset about it. Nobody misses it. Except the Lord. In the meanwhile, you've got a city of 20,000 people that are, that are hurting. And they need a place where the dynamic, awesome, dunamis power of God resides so that they can get delivered. And the Lord all the while is saying, please, please, churches of Big Bear, please hear me calling you to prayer and intercession and something. Will you please pray? Because there's people out there that need me. Um, brothers, did you pass out did you pass out the prayer um, guides? Did everybody get a prayer guide for your pastor? Now, would you pass out those cards real quickly because we're running out of time here? 
fast as you can, everybody. And you're gonna, all going to need a pen to write down something. And, we, and I'm going to ask you all to do it as quickly as you can. Here's a pen. Anybody want to borrow this? Are we still having fun, everybody? Yeah. Is God speaking to your heart at all? Yeah. Pastor, are we doing okay? Such a wonderful, loving family. The house church structure or the home cell or cell-based church. Listen clearly. Every single cell leader, please hear this. I'm here to tell you that the cell system Without prayer, will not work. It will fail to do what it's supposed to do. It, it won't work without prayer. It's been tried for a zillion years. Without prayer, it won't have its effect. They want Dr. Cho's cell system, but then they don't want to pray. And they want the same results. It ain't happening. It ain't going to happen. I guarantee that. Somebody grab me one of those cards, please, somebody. Maybe I have one in here. Oh, I got one. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I'm going to ask everybody right now. We used to just... You're going to need to fill out these. You all, did you give the kids up here some? Please. Everybody in the room. Everybody. Nobody without one. We used to just issue a call to prayer and... And, and then pray for you all and then leave. But now we're, we want to know what your commitment of prayer is. And you, maybe you don't know what day it's go, I mean, what hour it's going to be, but I'm going to ask you to, to consider challenging yourself to make a commitment of an hour a day in prayer. An hour a day in prayer. Could you not tarry with me one hour, the Lord said. Now, if you can't go that long, that's fine. Don't feel bad about it. You can go, go 30 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever. But once a day, what is your time? Your starting time and your closing time. Put your email address and your phone number and your name. These cards are going to go to Sister Arloa. We're going to have copies of these that we're going to put in our prayer clock, Pastor Jeff. Filled. So we'll have these will go in these literal cards. They're going to be made copies for her, but then they're going to go into our prayer clock, 24-hour prayer clock at our ministry, okay? And I'm going to ask you to consider taking one hour of prayer. And during that time, I'm going to ask you to pray. Be sure to pray every day for your pastor. Pastor Jeff, Pastor Peggy, also Pastor Ed, and also Pastor Rob, who's coming in a couple weeks. And then all of the leaders of the church, the elders, pray for your cell group leaders. Pray for everybody. Pray for one another, please. Dare, dare to believe, everybody, that God's got a, bigger, got a bigger plan than you do. He's got a bigger vision than you do. you just got to tap into it. You see, when I look at you all, everybody, I don't see you for who you used to be. I don't even see you for who you are now. But as an intercessor, I see you prophetically. I see this church prophetically, Pastor Jeff. And I see what God wants you to be. I see that. 
and intercessors, right, Arlo? We, we see that way. We look at a person and we see the potential. We don't see everything. We're not perfect, okay? But we see the vision of the Lord for people's lives. The vision of the Lord for this house. And then I want to make this statement. Y'all filling this out? Please, everybody. Listen carefully. I see the vision of the house, brother. I see the vision of the house. And, and the Lord is still saying to the house that I can't give you everybody yet. See, there's thousands of people. Can, can you all hang with me just another minute? Are we doing okay? Time-wise. Listen to this. Did you know that there are thousands of people that the Lord wants to send to Big Bear Christian Center? Did you know that? There are thousands that the Lord wants to send to Big Bear Christian Center. He can't send them yet. Because you're not ready yet. He doesn't want to send them here and, and not have the structure completed, furnished, and fully ready yet. I'm not saying you're not, you're not special and you're not a great church. You are. That's why He wants to send them here. But there's still some work to do in preparation. Because He loves them so much, He doesn't want to send thousands on you at one time so you can't handle them. Because He wants to make sure that they don't end up lost. Are, do, you, do you follow me? But they're waiting to come. He's working on them. He's working in all of their lives, all at the same time, right now, preparing them to send them here. And so you are in a stage of preparation still. You're getting closer. You're getting closer, Pastor Jeff, to the place of being ready to receive the harvest that the Lord has for you. You've got to ask for the harvest. You've got to make sure that the foundation is ready to receive what He's about to send to you. He loves them so much. He's not going to send 2,000 people here unless you're ready to minister to them. You're ready to train them, teach them, disciple them, heal them, get them healed up, and get them sent out to go do the work of the gospel. You, are you all hear what I'm saying? There are thousands of Christians waiting to become Christians. The Lord says, I don't pray for the world. To, remember? Jesus says, I don't pray for the world. Listen carefully. But I pray only for those that you have given to me. Now, he prayed for those that God had given him before that he had already given them. In other words, they're lost. And he prays for them while they're lost. He knows they're coming. And God's got at least a couple thousand earmarked for this place. As soon as you're ready, he's, they're coming. What do you think, brother? Amen. Would you all stand to your feet, please? Wow, you, you're just an, a, a wonderful, wonderful family here. You're a wonderful family. And then I'm going to turn this over to Pastor Jeff in just one second. But I just want you to stand for a moment. And I'd like everybody, would you just out of respect, close your eyes and bow your heads. And I'm going to ask, and I'm real, I get very serious about this part for a reason. I'm going to ask that there be nobody with their eyes open except Pastor Jeff and myself. That's it. Nobody. Is there anybody here under the sound of my voice that says, Brother Ted, I've never known Christ. I've never been a Christian. 
but I want to, to, to be one today. And I want to raise my hand. And would you pray for me, Brother Ted? I just want you to see my hand. I need Jesus. Okay, brother, I see that hand. I see that hand, brother. I see two hands so far. Anybody else? There's nobody looking. I'm telling you right now. It's not that we're ashamed of the gospel. It's just there's a time where the Lord's moving on a heart and we don't want nothing to stand in the way. Right, Pastor Jeff? Anybody else? Now, maybe you're here today and there was a time that you did serve the Lord and you did walk with God and you were someone who lived a life of a Christian. But for whatever reason, things happened in your life and you drifted away from the Lord and you want to come back to Christ today and you want to rededicate your life to the Lord today and say, Pastor Ted, would you pray for me too? I want to rededicate my life to Christ. Would you raise your hand right now? I see those hands. I see that hand, honey. see that hand. Anybody else? see that hand. Anyone else? There's no pressure, everybody. This is just a love time. This is a love time, an honest time. This is what it's all about. It's why we're here. Anybody else? I want to give my life to Christ again today. Raise your hand. Well, we've had about, what, seven or eight, Pastor Jeff, would you say, hands that have been raised. And so, church, don't, don't you rejoice at that? Yes. Praise the Lord. That's a wonderful thing. And if you want to clap, feel free to clap. Heaven is rejoicing. Heaven's having a heavenly party, the way they do it, you know. They do. All of heaven rejoices when someone comes to the Lord. And so now, uh, let's all bow our heads together. And I'm going to lead you in a prayer, okay? And uh, um, so let's just pray together. Everybody out loud. and Let's join with our brothers and sisters that are making, in, in a couple of cases, the first time that they come to the Lord. And then in several other, about six other uh, individuals are making rededications to the Lord. But we've got a couple. This is their first time ever. What a beautiful thing that is. You don't see that a lot. So praise the Lord. Lord, you're so good. You heard those, the prayers of the 500 and, and the prayers of the church. And so right now, just repeat after me, if you would, with your heart. Dear Heavenly Father, I give my life to you today. I receive your love for me. I need you. Please forgive me of all of my sin. Wash me with the blood of your son Jesus. And make me completely whole. All the sins of my past. Sins of the present. And the sins of the future. I need your covering. Holy Spirit, fill my heart. Fill my life. Fill my vessel. Come on in, God. My life is yours. And you are mine. And, and this is my church family. Help me to join the family and to learn about you. 
And then take your love to someone that needs it too. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, for those of you that have made this commitment, I'm not going to ask you to come down to the front right now. But I'm going to ask you and encourage you as your brother, as your brother now in the Lord, to go to Pastor Jeff. If you don't go to the church, go to someone. Tell them what you've done. Ask them, what do I do now? Okay, I mean, it's wonderful. This is a feel-good, awesome moment. I can't tell you, it's what makes this all worthwhile. But if we don't follow through now and take a step, okay, to begin to, to understand the ways of God and get strong, because the enemy is going to come after you right away. So we don't want him to be able to do that. He has no power if we stop so go to someone, tell them what you've done today, and, and let them help you, okay? Would you do that? And always remember, Brother Ted loves you, okay? And, and I'm always available. You go to worldwideprayer.com, and there's a toll-free number. If you don't have a quarter, you can call the toll-free number. It'll ring to my cell phone. If any of you that have accepted the Lord need someone to pray for and to love you, call me, okay? Pastor Jeff, I love you all so much. Bless you.